when me and my wife Amanda were dating, uh, we got to uh, we, we were going on a date downtown Chicago, having a great time, and uh, this was at the stage where we were like, you know, trying to. I had never h- held her hand before, but you know, when you kind of like walking, talking fast, you know what I'm saying, making my way downtown, and so you just kind of like, you know, kind of like dangling your fingers just a little bit, just to kind of see what was happening, you know. But uh, Portillo's is my jam. I, I got. I'm going to my favorite restaurant with the girl of my dreams. You know, I, I, I'm living high in the sky. I'm like, yo, this, this, this is this is where it's at. And I'm like, I, I can't imagine this day getting any better. And we're in line, and uh, they said, hey, sir, what would you like? I said, uh, I looked at my, I looked at Amanda, and I said, hey, get whatever you want. I'm gonna order first. Let me get three chili cheese dogs, large sprite, chocolate cake shake. You know, I turned up. Okay, that's how I'm gonna roll. I said, hey. Get whatever you want because I'm a baller. You know, you at Portillo's. Like, what you gonna do? So I'm like, hey, uh, get, get whatever you want. And, and this is what she did. She said, um, can I get a, can I get a, a grilled chicken? Grilled chicken at Portillo's? All right, that's cool. You want some fries? Uh, no, just, just the water. I'm like, but you don't want no fries because. I, I mean, like, listen, I can afford to get you more than just a grilled chicken and a water. Like, well, what you need? She's like, no, 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 that's it. You already know the rest of this story. We sit down. She grabs my large fry and dumps it onto the table. Like, we gonna share our fries. I said, the devil is a liar. No, we are not. Listen, so I went, got back in line. I said, I need another large fry and brought her her own fries. She's like, I, I, I just... But listen, I, I don't know what it is, my mom. She, she just want a little taste of anything I get in the world. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. We, 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 uh, I, don't, I don't know if this is going to work. I called my mentor. I said, listen, hey, man, listen. I just went on a date with this girl. I told you she was awesome, right? Here's the deal. Um, she tried to steal my fries, and I ain't having it. And he said to me, Ryan, you are going to have to learn to share your fries. You're going to have to learn the art of what it means to give up something that you want for something that they need. And you know what? It's so interesting is most of us, it's, it's not sharing fries. Some of us are having some deep-seated arguments over money, over sex, over adultery, over some very, very heavy issues. But I wonder what would happen if we would start to bring honor back into our relationships. Because most people don't want to play this honor game because they think, I'm going to be doing all of the outdoing and they're not going to do anything. They think, I'm the one always sharing my fries. They think it's not fair because I serve them more than they serve me. But this is an honor competition where you actually don't keep score. It's not about keeping track of how many times they got their way and how many times you didn't get yours. No, 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 you're you're not keeping score. Listen, if you're at a place in life where you're looking to get into a relationship or just trying to keep your relationship growing, you've got to loosen your grip on your way of doing things, our way. Overrated anyway. Welcome, everyone. This is the Lifecast with Ryan League. I'm your host, Peter Reeves. 
You just heard Ryan do a talk called I Want My Baby Back, talking about effective communication in marriage. Ryan, what is up, man? That was a great talk. How you doing today? Man, I'm doing great, man. I am just excited that in Texas, barbershops have opened. And there is something about, I feel like a new man getting out the chair. Okay, I, I just, I, I was I was so excited to get a haircut that I forgot to pay the man. Because I Venmo my bar. Okay, like I, I walk out, I say, hey, I'll Venmo you later. But I, I was so hyped. Literally, I started FaceTiming people. I FaceTimed you for no reason. I was just like, what's up, man? I, I, just, I just wanted to be seen. Okay, I was just like, I have not felt this great in my life. I was just turning my head the whole time. This, this is a three-day-old fade that I have right now. And even that's sad. But the, when I first get out the chair, man, I, I'm telling you what, man, I, I felt like I could do anything in the world. So I'm feeling pretty good today, man. How are you doing today, Pete? How are you doing? I'm doing so good, man. I'm ready for this quarantine thing to be done. I'm tired of being in the house, makeshift offices and things like that. But uh, I've been getting haircuts on the regular people. My barber, he makes house calls and he will be wherever you need him to be. So this is this is okay. I'm going to get this cleaned up tomorrow. <laughs> Bro, so let's talk effective communication and marriage, just marriage in general. Uh, right now, in the midst of COVID, uh, we see all these different people, different situations. A lot of marriage, divorce rate is through the roof. Marriages are falling apart. People are being very vocal about it, uh, posting on Facebook about their spouse, sitting next to their spouse. Uh, why do you think a lot of people are calling it quits in this time right now? Why are people calling it quits? Man, you know, it, it's so interesting in, in the world we lived in uh, pre-COVID, we all lived with this notion of our problems would be solved with our spouses if we just had more time together. <laughs> we, we thought, oh, if we spend more time together, we will have less issues. But for a lot of couples, more time actually gives more time for their issues to arise even more. And, and sometimes, especially if you're not on the same page, you can see just how far apart you really are. And then um, we've all been sort of forced into doing things that we don't normally do. And it, it, it requires a lot of selflessness that we are not prepackaged with at all. And so uh, you, you see lots of couples that are fighting over um, the division of labor within the house, who's doing the cleaning, who's doing the cooking, who's doing the homeschooling, who's taking care of the kids, who's who's doing what and when and whose job gets uh, takes precedent over the other person's job. So there's you just see a, a myriad of things. And then uh, for people that have either lost their job or been furloughed and, and been drastically impacted by COVID-19, man, you, you just there's just a lot of emotions that, that can kind of go into that. And, and unfortunately, some people believe that their, their only option is to just abort. It's just to get out of the relationship altogether. And uh, man, my hope today is that uh, that people would be able to find hope in the midst of a, a down season in their relationship. Or maybe this podcast restores a marriage or maybe they listen to something um, that's that tells them not to give up. And, and I'm an optimistic type of person. And I'm, I'm the type of person that believes that our best days are ahead of us. And I believe that that, that can be true uh, for any couple, uh, anybody that's listening to uh, this podcast, watching this podcast that, you know, they're, they're going, man, I, I really want uh, my relationships to to grow in the future. So so that that's why we're here today, man, to, to talk about it. 
Yeah, man, that's awesome. In preparation for this conversation and just for us talking about it, I I was with a couple of my friends and we've been polling people, asking a ton of people questions about, you know, uh, what they think about marriage, what questions do they have? And one of my friends that I asked, he he responded, I mean, a very staggering question. He said, you know, Peter, what what do you do when you don't love your spouse anymore? What do you do if you don't know if you love your spouse anymore? And when he asked me that, I was like, well, I don't know, (laughs) but I'm definitely going to ask. As Ryan, uh, because I feel like a lot of people feel that they're just not real enough to say it or it's it's a tough question, you know? Nah, man. And you know what? Um, I think that's a real question uh, because, you know, what do you do when you you don't love your 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 spouse anymore? Well, I, I think we've got to sort of reverse engineer that question. And, and really, we have to redefine what love really is, because. Uh, when we think of love in a noun form, we think of it as a thing that we fall in and out of. And so when we fall in love and we feel love, then it's like, OK, then I'm just going to do I'm going to follow how I feel. My actions will follow how I've been feeling towards this person. And um, there's this notion and narrative that we were sold uh, growing up with movies about falling in love and getting butterflies in our stomach every time we see see this person who's calling you Pete who's who's calling you right now I know it's all good so there's there was this idea that we had growing up uh, where we were watching movies being sold this idea that you should have butterflies in your stomach every time you see this person and uh, I, I was listening to a message a couple of weeks ago uh, from a friend and he, he just made such a great point he said he looked up the lifespan of a butterfly. And he said the lifespan of a butterfly is actually 12 months. Okay. So, so, so butterflies die after a year. And isn't that a, just about the time that most couples kind of get out of their honeymoon phase where they're not feeling it. It's not the same as it was when, and they, they just, the the butterflies just kind of go away. And so inevitably what ends up happening is people end up chasing butterflies. So they'll actually get out of that relationship. And some people will get married five, six, seven times, and they've spent their life chasing butterflies. But that's when we just see love as a noun. But I think really what we have to do is we have to look at love as a verb. Love does. Love is, is this action. This is a choice that I'm making to sacrifice for you, to love you, and to be there for you. And, and I think sometimes when we say, hey, um, I don't think I love my spouse anymore. What I hear is you don't, you don't want to choose to sacrifice anymore. You don't want to choose to lay down what you want anymore. You don't want to, you, you, you want to stop making that decision because you don't feel romance anymore. But, you know, I, I recently uh, did this wedding and uh, the vows were uh, for uh, richer or for poorer. Um, in sickness and in health, for better or for worse. For most of us, we all sign up for what? Better, richer, and in health, and often don't make a plan for uh, worse, sickness, or poorer. And a lot of times, that, that's what we end up with, man. And, and for people that don't really know my story, um, my father had a stroke when I was in fifth grade, which was year... I, I want to say that was probably year maybe 
12, 10 or 12 for my parents' marriage. And then my dad was actually disabled and and pretty sick for the next 18 years. And then the last two years of my dad's life, he was on hospice and couldn't even speak. So my mother was married, honestly, more in sickness than she was in health. That wasn't a a wealthy man by any stretch of the imagination. And so what, what I saw from my parents was not this romantic comedy of of a marriage. What I saw was my mother continue, watching my mother feed my father, bathe my father at times. Like that's love. My mom, uh, in the last two years of my father's life, she commuted probably 45 minutes to this nursing home where my dad was in, in hospice. After work and just worn out, she did not feel like doing that. But till death do us part, faithful to the end. And she made a decision to honor her covenant and her vows from 30 years prior. And, and so that, that was a relationship that I, I saw growing up. It wasn't flowers and roses and it, it wasn't all of that stuff. Um, it was it, it was two people that chose to stay committed to one another. And uh, at one point, my mother, I believe it was their 30th anniversary. My dad couldn't even speak, but he was he he had some awareness. He could nod his head. Yes, he could nod his head. No. And my mom asked him three questions. First question was, Emmanuel, are you in any pain? She said, or, or he nodded, no. Then she said, do you want to go see Jesus? He said, no, not yet. My dad's like, listen, my life is not over. And if I could reach one last nurse with my life, I'm going to do it. Third question was, do you want to kiss? And he nodded his head like it, like his life depended on it. Like, yes, I, I want to kiss. And it was just like, man, they were making it work, even when it was the worst of circumstances. And so, man, what do you do when you when you don't love your spouse anymore? I think you have to ask yourself a question. Are you going to continue to honor that covenant that you made, honor that commitment and choose to sacrifice for them? And, and again, those, those romance feelings, those things come and go, uh, but you don't want to spend your life chasing butterflies. That's what I would say. Yeah, I think, I think people, <laughs> you know, that's why it's so interesting with, the, with that phrase, like, I fell into love. It's like, well, can you fall out, you know? Right. Um, Right. And, and I think people, people feel that way and, and they use those, they use excuses to not stick to the covenant because they say it's not interesting anymore. It's not as fun right. as it used to be. So what are your thoughts on how do we keep, you know, especially in our marriage, bro, how do we keep the fire alive? How do we keep it interesting? Um, you know, it, it's like, what do you do? What are maybe some, some practical things or just some thoughts you have for keeping your marriage interesting? Yeah. You know, I, 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 I think that part of what you have to to realize about your spouse is really what fuels them, what makes them feel more emotionally and physically connected to you. And, and really, uh, you know, it, it kind of goes back to the old love languages deal, you know, really understanding what it is that makes them feel loved may not always be the thing that you feel like doing. Uh, but but I think it's again, I, I think the, the healthiest marriages are the ones that are are really trying to serve, they're trying to outserve one another. They're going, hey, I'm, I'm here for you. And they're going, no, 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 I'm here for you. And when two people are doing that, I think that's when you have a really healthy relationship. And so um, there's there's times where, um, like how Amanda's really shown up for me over the past, I'd say five weeks, is every Sunday night, Amanda's like, 
we are about to watch The Last Dance documentary and we're going to get this MJ thing on and we're about to rep Chicago. And it's like, I know, I know that's not what Amanda would prefer to watch over everything, but like for her, she's going, I know this is something my husband really enjoys and I want to enjoy it with him. And so she shows up for me in that way. While, um, I don't want to be self-serving or bragging on myself as to how I show up for her, but just know (laughs) that I, I do my best to think of the things that would honor her things that maybe that I don't feel like doing, or maybe it's me watching an HGTV show with her or, or, but again, it's, it's us showing up for one another in, in, in some way, in some way, shape or form. And, and I think that keeps the, the fuel, the fuel going. And especially during this time, I think we have to be a little bit more creative in how we, you know, do dates and, and uh, whether it's ordering food or, you know, we just uh, went on a date today and we we're like trying to find a park to eat our food. You know, it was just like, well, you know, so we we're just driving around North Dallas trying to figure that out. But it is something that you figure out and it's something that you do together. So that's what I would say. You've given me bro, some of the best marriage advice I've gotten really from anyone. What? And you talked about how the best marriages were are boring. And can you speak to that for a little bit? Talk to me about that. Like, what, you, like, yeah. <laughs> what does that thought come from? What is that idea? Like explain it for the people. Yeah, no, the, the, the best marriages in the world are boring and they, they, you would just never want to watch them on TV. You just wouldn't because, um, what makes great stories is drama. What, what makes great stories is the police getting called. Uh, what makes great stories is, 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 uh, Infidelity. What makes great? This is this is what this is why we watch shows. This is why we go. They did that. Oh my god! You dude, you got to see this. You won't believe what happens at the end. Um, But a a, a healthy relationship is is one where it's just like, yeah, we 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 communicated about you know where where the kids are going to go to school in in the fall and. Uh, we watched a show together. We held hands. Um, you know, we uh, we got some cheesecake. You're like, okay, like, is there any, you know, where where's where where's the drama? And it's like, man, you know, I think sometimes we we have an addiction to drama. We want this like, oh, this fun relationship. Thing. You know, it's just like, you know, what it, it really puts a an expectation on, on humans that no one can really live, live up to. And, uh, and I, I just love that, you know, me and my wife, we just went out on a, on a little day date and we both were in flip-flops, you know? And it was just like, it's exactly kind of nice because if we had gone to a nicer restaurant, you know, it was it'd be like, Oh man, it's great to get all dialed up and get dressed up. But it's just like, yeah, but we actually just get to just be ourselves, you know. We throw on some Nike slides and hit the road, you know, and and got some brunch, man. So I, I think it's it's not, um, it it's not Instagram story worthy. And sometimes I think we want a social media friendly relationship. Uh, we want a a relationship that's postable and when your relationship isn't postable, you, you feel like it's not a good one. And I, I actually think the ones that are, are incredibly boring are incredibly healthy. And, um, and I actually think that they can actually find true happiness because they're not comparing their relationship to, to somebody else's.
So. Dude, that's so good, man. Speaking, speaking of that, man, talking about relationships being like just kind of the best ones are kind of boring. Um, speak a little bit about conflict, bro. Like how should people handle conflict? And this is, man, when I ask people, what are some of your questions about relationships? This one came up every single person that I asked, man. They were like, uh, talk about conflict, right? Uh, how do we handle conflict? Hey, would you like to touch it on conflict? Like this is something people want to know. Yeah. Maybe we should do this podcast at the beginning beginning of covid because we could have saved a lot of relationships a ton of stress so maybe what are some strategies or practices or whatever that you use or some thoughts about how to handle conflict yeah man people be scrapping man like like they they be going at it and it's it's a it's it's a it's a challenge and uh i mean i could we could we could probably do seven episodes alone just on uh, communication within marriage and i'm by no means an expert or um or really great at that, you know, I think that's something that me and my wife have just can continue to be on a journey with of just saying, Hey, let, let's continue getting better at communicating in, in our relationship. And I think a couple of things that Amanda and I have done well is get on a journey of self-awareness and the, the journey of self-awareness is being aware of, okay, how, how do I communicate how I'm doing? How do I communicate my needs? How do I communicate my expectations? Um, how do I communicate my desires? And, and realizing that Amanda's might be different. Um, I think it's also important to know and be aware of how you fight. Some people are, uh, they, they withdraw, they stonewall. They go silent. They're internally cussing you out in their head. They, they're not actually saying anything. Um, others blow up and it just it just gets volatile, volatile, volatile. And then um, their both just kind of throwing poison at one another. And so I, I think you just have to be aware of, of hey, what, what are some of my negative patterns of communicating and then understanding what the positive options are? Man, I'm a big fan of uh, Brene Brown author, researcher, storyteller. And uh, in her book, she, she writes about the generosity hypothesis. Uh, the generosity hypothesis is asking ourselves this question. What's the most generous assumption I can make about what they've said or done? What's the most generous assumption I can make about what they've said or done? And a lot of us believe that our spouse did or said something to us out of malice when most of them do it out of mindlessness, not malice. In other words, they did not intend to hurt you. Most of the time, they just weren't thinking about you. They were just thinking about themselves more. And so sometimes we'll punish people for a crime that they didn't intend to do. They they, they literally were not even thinking about it. And so I, I think that uh, the generous... The generosity hypothesis is huge because I like I don't know, if, Peter, if you've ever been, but you ever been washing the dishes and you've been thinking to yourself, she's not washing the dishes while you're washing the dishes. And yet you're telling yourself a whole movie about the other person that's not washing the dishes while you're washing the dishes, thinking to yourself, well, I'm serving them right now. So it's like, no, you're actually washing the dishes you ate off of, bro. And so that movie that we tell ourselves about them, that narrative that we have is rarely ever true. It's rarely ever true. And there, there's so many things 
that Amanda does for me that I don't see. Oh, I hear that. That I I just don't see. And so, man, there's, we have to begin instead of assuming the worst about the person we've made a covenant with to be with for life, man, instead of assuming the worst, man, what would it look like for us to, to make a generous assumption about what they've said or done, or maybe there was something going on in their world and their day that was really hard. And, uh, we haven't even paused long enough to ask. And so I, I think those are some healthy things that you can do is, it's really, um, uh, be slow to speak, quick to listen. And, and most of us feel like we need to be heard, but I I think listening is the best part of communication. Every effective communicator um, is truly an effective listener. So that's what I would, so I would recommend. Yeah, man, I came here to host a podcast, not to figure out things to work out of my marriage. I, I feel so overwhelmed, bro. Like in a good way, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I some of the patterns you're talking about, like I see it in my own. You know, like uh, for instance, you know, if my wife in the heat of doing something will raise her voice, I'm like, oh, she's raising her voice because she doesn't think I'm a man. She doesn't realize who I am. I lift weights. You know what I mean? Like whatever. And I tell myself a narrative that is. I, you said rarely it's probably never true uh, the narrative I, I'm speaking to myself about her uh, the last yeah. question again this is uh, from another great friend um, he just asked me he said man how uh, how much should you rely on your spouse how much should you actually rely on your spouse and uh, and turn to them yeah like what would you say how much unpack that a little bit more what do you think he was he was referring to when he said that yeah, I think he was referring to, uh, well, let me build the question. I think he was referring to, uh, you know, like back in the day, we lived in communities that were kind of surrounded with our family. And so a lot of the things that his wife or my wife has to process with uh, me emotionally, like that didn't have to happen back in the day because the women would be all together for a period of time, take care of the kids. And they would talk about that stuff then so that when it got to me, she's excited and happy. And you know what I mean? Like I tell my wife, I'm like, listen, talk to you your friends all day long as much as you want because sometimes I don't know how to process those things so uh, and then for guys the same thing right like you're with the guys we can get out our three grunts <laughs> and we all understand each other we're on the same page so how much should you rely on your spouse for maybe emotional strength how much should you go to them and, and really unpack where you're at and how you're feeling like what is there a pattern to that I don't know that's kind of think, what I think he meant um, I'm not sure if there's a pattern I do think there is a balance I think you should um, fully go to your spouse um, with what you are emotionally processing and mentally processing, spiritually processing. I think the error that we can make with our spouses is when our expectations for them are to solve the processing, to have all of the answers. So I think there's, it's one thing to be there for somebody. I think there's another thing to try and be their God. Um, We can't be each other's gods. We will be each other's companions. And sometimes um, in, in a marriage, the way we present problems and circumstances 
we present them like, okay, fix this. When most of the time, what we're really desiring is not for them to fix anything, but to simply get in the boat with us mm. and, and to say, can this not just be my problem for right now? Can we just get in this boat together? And, and sometimes um, we, we just want, uh, because I mean, there, there are lots of things that I go through mentally that there's nothing Amanda could do anyways. But sometimes it's just nice when she just sits with me. Sometimes she'll just sit in my office, our office. Um, and, and just, and just sort of just be with me in it. Does that make sense? It's, it's not always, it's not always, I think we have to take that pressure off of each other of going, and sometimes it's even communicating that saying, Hey, I don't need you to solve this. I don't need you to fix this. Um, I just need you to know where I'm at. Here's where I'm at spiritually. Here's where I'm at mentally. Here, here, here's, here's how I'm, I'm feeling about where, where I'm at right now. And, uh, and actually be okay with just, just listening. You know, sometimes I think we just feel that pressure to have this eloquent response and, Oh no, babe, you're amazing. No, those people are stupid. It's just like, you know, sometimes it's just, Hey, I, I realize you got a hard job. Hey, I realize it's tough with the kids. Hey, I realize. And so sometimes I think we have to insert empathy, but I think we should not be relying on our spouse to be our gods and to solve all of our problems and give us peace and, and give us joy. I think they're, they're there to be a companion, to be on the journey with us. Um, but not to, um, they're, they're not our savior. So I'd say. Man, married couples, we appreciate you. We love you. We're, we're hoping this conversation was super helpful to you uh, in any relationship. We're hoping this co- this conversation would give you something to think about, some encouragement to your soul. This was the LifeCast with Ryan Leak. I'm your host, Peter Rees. Man, if this was helpful to you, please like, comment, subscribe, and review, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace.